Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. What are higher states of consciousness? Are they just for the select few who devote years of study and focus? Or what's enlightenment? And how do you shift states of consciousness? Today, we'll explore those questions and more and how they relate to living a more joyful and more peaceful life. So stay tuned for my conversation with today's guest on Wisdom Talk Radio. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your quantum connection with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. In fact, we are each designed to connect with source differently. It's just in our makeup. And knowing your own style is the first step of being able to connect more deeply with source than you ever thought possible. It's the secret to living abundant flow and having that abundant flow in your business and your personal life. My guest today is Jonathan Robinson. He is a New York Times bestselling author and co-host of the popular podcast, Awareness Explorers. He has made a career out of getting to know the greatest spiritual leaders of our time. From Oprah to Ajashanti, he has interviewed over 100 notable people to get their take on how to live a happy, peaceful, and meaningful life. So you know why I am welcoming him today to Wisdom Talk Radio. He, he fits right in, doesn't he? <laughs> Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Laurie. I'm looking forward to this. Great. <clears throat> so I actually want to say one more, one more piece about your bio, which I didn't get to read, because um, I just got so excited to want to welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> in your latest book, The Enlightenment Project, How I Went from Depressed to Blessed, and You Can Too, you share stories of what you learned from encounters with people such as the Dalai Lama, Byron Katie, Deepak Chopra, and the late Mother Teresa and Ram Das, as well as the powerful methods that have helped you out of your own depression and into lasting inner peace. So I know you'll also have some wonderful stories for us. Mm, yeah. 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 So just to kind of set the stage for us, um, what was your initial draw to exploring something as <clears throat> profound sounding? Because, we, you know, we all have our associations with the word with enlightenment. Well, I think like a lot of spiritual seekers, there was some pain. I mm -hmm. um, had a very challenging childhood. Uh, my family was very dysfunctional. And so I was very depressed and even suicidal by age 12. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, before trying to kill myself, I might as well try some other things. <laughs> but so, you thought that at 12? Yeah, you know. Okay. I, oh, no, no. Um, I, I think that's, a, that's wonderful. I love it. So, you know, I, I first turned to self-help books mm -hmm. and that eventually got me into things like hypnosis and meditation. I, mm -hmm. I, I kid that I kind of had my midlife crisis at age 12. <laughs> so, you know, got into meditation, hypnosis, psychedelics, and really just trying anything that might be helpful. I became mm -hmm. a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then I saw, well, really the happiest people are the people who are most enlightened. So I got mm-hmm. interested in what that is and how I might become more like that. Because I think, you know, a lot of people have had moments of experiences where they go, wow, there's more than meets the eye going on. The question <laughs> is, how do you uh, tap into that without things like drugs or, you know, bizarre mm-hmm. experiences? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, because I also was a psychotherapist drawn to it because because I was so interested in what our potential was, what was possible. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, there was certainly pain, it it was from that sense of I know there's more. There's got to be like you said, there's got to be other ways to deal with this. Yeah. Whatever this is. You know, I was lucky in that I met a a guru, uh, American guru, um, when I was 20. And after a couple months of studying with him, he said, now, why don't you, you know, look in my left eye for three seconds? Mm -hmm. So I did. Next thing I know, I am one with the universe. Mm -hmm. And I thought, do you live in this state? And he said, well, I don't drive around in this state, but if I'm not driving heavy machinery, this is how I live. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, I, I didn't know that that was possible. And yeah. I ended up studying with him for over 20 years. Oh, we do have similar stories. You know, mine was finding it's certainly not somebody that would ever have called herself a guru. Uh, and if she had, I wouldn't have been there, probably right. just my own, you know, my own thing. Yeah. Um, but it was in an energetic experience with her in a transmission and really an initiation that I experienced the kind of love, self-love that I had never experienced before and that I had been longing to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those experiences are not that far away if you have the right idea or the right method or you let go of the wrong idea or the wrong method. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, one of the things that I had to shift or or that I know not that I had to shift, but that I did shift or that did just shift was going from being a seeker to living. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I at some point I remember writing something about I, I gave up seeking at that point because I felt like I had come to something and and was was learning and continued to learn more about how to live in that way. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to keep looking outside. I was it was very much more of a of an inner journey and a, and a searching, not even searching inside, just getting to know, oh, you know, what is this new life? Yeah. And integrating higher consciousness into one's life and relationships and job and money. Mm -hmm. Those are all big curriculums. And, you know, in the Enlightenment Project book, I try to talk about how teachers I met did that or and how I tried to do that because there's not a lot written about that aspect of enlightenment. Right. You know, it's like, oh, once you're you have enlightenment, you're done and everything works out great. Well, that's not the case. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and it's not about it being that case either. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my excitement is in working with people and taking somebody has a great idea. They're inspired. They feel that sense of whatever it is, whether it's incredible connection or, or connections is simply with I know I'm to do this in the world, whatever the this is. Mm-hmm. And how do you then stay connected with that and and work in the world? You know, do it in the world. Go all the way from idea to revenue. And each step along the way can have that same kind of inspiration, that same kind of connection 
with source, with inner guidance, with with the undifferentiated field, you know, whatever um, system we seek to describe it by. Yeah. You know, one of the unique things about my story, besides the dogged persistence of interviewing 100 people um, and, and being depressed when I started, was that I've been able to take uh, what I've learned in meditation or through guidance mm-hmm. and manifest it in the world. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've made a bunch of money selling books and videos and mm-hmm. and being on Oprah and the Today Show and Tonight Show and all that, blah, 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 mm-hmm. uh, because I think we're really to shine our light in a way that's helpful to people. So now I spend a fair amount of my time in prisons teaching meditation to prisoners uh, because, you know, I have that track record and I get to do things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I think um, a lot of people forget that part of this journey is you're trying to find peace and love inside yourself, not so you can become a selfish human being or feel better, but so you can better serve the world. And finding that balance sometimes is tricky. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful statement, really. It, it's not it's not it ends up not being self-serving at all. Yeah, of course it is. And it does. But that it, it's that connection to the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, one of the things I've learned is um, how to get help with blind spots, for example, mm. uh, because you know, you can maybe find peace inside yourself, but still be, you know, somewhat of a jerk to the people around you. That's no good. Right. I have yeah. seen that and experienced yeah. that. And I've experienced it in myself. Yeah. You know, well, I lived I with be a jerk. <laughs> I lived with like 15 people for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the teacher would every now and then put somebody on the hot seat and tell them how they had been kind of uh, unconscious or a jerk in the last month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he was talking about my friend Joe, he'd say, uh, if you think everything I said about Joe was true, raise your hand. And we all lived with Joe. So we knew, yeah, that was true. And he was very accurate about everybody's blind spots, except for mine, in which case everything he said seemed like total distortion and misunderstanding. (laughs) And then he'd say, if you think Jonathan is really like that, raise your hand. Everybody would raise their hand. I'd like, oh, my God, I don't know myself. Right, right, right. So I think, um, you know, asking your friends or people or your mate or your parents about what they see as your blind spots can be very humbling it and can. very helpful. It can. That, that happened this weekend. I was with uh, some friends, visiting some friends, and um, it was a couple. And the woman said something about her husband. And I said, yeah, well, like, that could have been me. You know, you could have said the same thing about me. And she was like, oh, you have insight. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and and do, but being in community in one way or another doesn't mean you have to live with somebody full time. But being exposed to oh, let me look through another another's eyes, and um, you know the, the the foibles of the personality are quick to surface, and we would see that a lot because there were a group of about 50 of us that spent 18 years doing mm-hmm. our own inner research and coming yeah. together periodically. And, you know, those things by their very nature get, get tapped into, get triggered, whatever we want to call it when we're in, in contact with another, it's very yeah. different to be 
mm, self-aware when you're alone and when you're with others. Right. And, you know, uh, hopefully people have relationships with people where they can say, hey, if you see me do something off or a blind spot, let me know. And then hopefully, you know how to deal with the triggering. (laughs) Right. So talk about that. So, you know, about how to deal with that triggering. Well, I think everybody should have some some method that they can go to that helps them with that. You know, in the Enlightenment Project, I talk about three or four different methods, something Mm -hmm. called the Sedona method, something called the love method, you know, (laughs) and these are all very simple ways of looking at your conditioning, your triggers, Mm -hmm. and hopefully letting them go, you know, Mm -hmm. because the problem isn't being triggered. The problem is that we carry it around for days, hours, or months sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that interferes with our natural state, which I think is more of love and peace. Mm-hmm. My my experience, too, with that is that as long as we're doing that, we don't get to tap into what's new. We don't get to tap into that that unknown aspect of life, that unknown aspect of the the, the quantum field. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're only repeating or bringing in what we already know. Yeah, you know, in this moment, we are these boundless beings of energy. But if your mind is is ruminating about what your mate should have said or Mm -hmm. didn't say or your latest problem, you know, analogy I use uh, for people who are watching you, uh, this white piece of paper has a little black dot on it. Uh huh. And that's kind of like your biggest problem whatever that is currently going through your head. Okay. Well, we have a relationship with that black dot. And most of us, our relationship is our eyeballs like glued to the black dot. <laughs> and, and we say, oh, it's black. It's nothing but darkness as far as I can see, you know. <laughs> but if you move away, you get some perspective and you see a little black dot on a big piece on of paper. On a large piece of paper, yes. And our lives are like on a big screen of awareness, And as you tap into awareness, you feel more peaceful and more loving. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that you talk about in your book is is about conscious relationships or enlightened relationships. And can you kind of move into that and bring that into this conversation that we're just talking about right now? Yeah. Um, one of the, well, <clears throat> many years ago, I was wrote a book called Communication Miracles for Couples, and it you know became a New York Times bestseller after an Oprah appearance. So I got to see a lot of bad relationships in my psychotherapy practice. You know, mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of them. yes. And I said, you know, what does conscious relationship look like? And to tell you the truth, I don't always live up to who I want to be that way, but. What I see is it involves, you know, good communication, taking responsibility for your part in in stressful situations. Uh, it, it involves being as kind and loving as possible, that there's a lot of best practices. But Ramdas, who is a friend of mine, used to say um, relationships are like the new form of yoga because mm-hmm. they bring up all the stuff that's unlike love. Right. And if you want to right. see all your obstacles, you know, he said love's our normal nature. If you want to see all the obstacles in the way of love, be in relationships so right. you can right. hopefully let them go. Yeah. And I love that because whether it's an intimate partner 
or your sibling or your child or, you know, just your your friend. That same is true. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're there really in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we need more guidance about how to integrate these higher consciousness ideas and experiences into daily life, into our work life. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't spend our life on a meditation cushion uh, where we, mm-hmm. when we meditate, it's to hopefully bring some of that perspective, that clarity into all the other aspects of our life. But, you know, Americans are, are, are people are very compartmentalized. Yes. You know? Yes. An hour meditating or an hour in church, but that's that's not ideal, of course. No, you know, my teacher spent 18 years doing Buddhist insight meditation Mm -hmm. and her experience and what what totally changed her life was she was changing so rapidly from year to year to year. But each year she'd go back and there would often be similar people and she would hear people talk about the same issues. Yeah. And, and it was so puzzling to her, like, what is going on that they're staying in the place of repeating the old patterns, but I'm opening up into all this that's new. Yeah. And that took her into a new place of exploring what her gift was and, and what yeah. she was about. Well, you know, one part of spirituality is opening up to new energies, opening up to more love and peace. Mm-hmm. But another part of it, which isn't talked about as much, is seeing the obstacles in the way of you having that in your day-to-day life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that goes on, you know, even for people who find a lot of peace, they still have all that conditioning there. Right. And knowing how to deal with that effectively is a really big part of, of our journey. Sure. Sure. Is it how to be in the present moment, but it's so much more than that phrase implies. Yeah. Well, how did, you know, when you're pissed off or angry or uh, blaming your mate, mm-hmm. how to make use of that right. uh, for for part of your enlightenment journey, how to make your life your curriculum? Exactly. Exactly. And how to how to then look at when you're in the middle of judgment and saying, oops, you know, oh, here I am. Here's the judge again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I find um, I like methods that take under a minute to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the book, the Enlightenment Project, I probably have 30 of those methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I notice that judgment is a big thing. I have a very judgmental mind. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with certain phrases that are really helpful that mm-hmm. turn my judgment into compassion. Ah, like, you know, somebody uh, cut me off on the freeway the other day and narrowly missed me by an inch and and almost caused a multiple pile up. Mm -hmm. And at first it was like, no, when you're an (laughs) asshole, you know, like that. And and the way they were weaving in and out of cars at like 90 miles an hour, I thought they're going to kill somebody. Yeah, they're rife for judgment. <laughs> they definitely. Thank you. I agree. No. <laughs> um, so we can but, talk you know, about agreement next. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, what I do for when I see something like that is I use a phrase that, well, a couple of phrases. One might be, how is how are they like how how have I been? like them how have i done something like what they are doing like being in a big rush you know that can happen or i'll say it must be hard being them 
You know, mm-hmm. anybody living like that probably is having a terrible experience of life and that evokes compassion. Mm-hmm. So these little techniques, these little phrases I find help me when I lose peace or a feeling of connection, help me get back there. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. So I think another p- baseline piece that we might bring in here is what do you now think enlightenment is? And, and how has that changed as you've done all of these interviews? Well, um, I used to think of it as like some experience that almost made you like a perfect human being in every area of life and mm-hmm. went on forever. Now that I know a lot of these teachers, <laughs> I know that, you know, they have problems. It doesn't uh-huh. change. It doesn't eliminate problems. And some of them have are not very good in relationships because they haven't focused on that area. Mm-hmm. But what it does instill is a deep amount of peace in people and usually a deep amount of love and compassion, but that doesn't mean it solves all your life's problems forever. Mm -hmm. And people can go in and out of those states. So it's not always like you're enlightened every single moment, but I liked uh, Adyashanti's definition. He said, enlightenment is perceiving, excuse me, perceiving the world without the lens of the ego. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I think you and I have that experience sometimes. The question is, how can you have it more of the time? Mm -hmm. And how can you do it when you're arguing with your mate or dealing with email? Mm -hmm. You know, and those are are important subjects to to figure out how you can do that. They are. And and I want to add a piece to that. It's also important in how you run your business. And how you even consider your business and and that it's possible. I I, want to take away the myth that, you know, enlightenment is not for business (laughs) or inner guidance is not for business. Yeah. Um, Because as we connect in with those deeper dimensions and those higher frequencies, we get to bring them into the physical world because the whole thing is how do we live here in this physical body, in this physical world and do it in a way that is of a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've uh, had a few successful books and other projects and people ask me, you know, wh- what business advice or whatever they, they <laughs> might suggest. Uh-huh. I say, well, each day I met, when I meditate, I ask, how can I be of greater service? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've been like almost dictated certain book ideas or uh-huh. projects yes. and those did the best. So, yes. you know, yes. uh, <laughs> I, I think that that is a way to uh, not only make money, but to mm-hmm. perhaps put what is your unique gift into the world. Beautiful. Oh, I, I so celebrate that. Thank you for bringing that up because that's what's possible. I think that mm-hmm. is how we are designed to work. That's mm-hmm. my experience. And that's the research that I've done over these these last couple of decades. And there's so much that's possible that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. Maybe we don't need to understand, but we need to experiment with how to do that. Well, I will explain everything in one term for you. OK. OK. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, how like uh, iPhones work or how planes work uh-huh. or how. Uh, computers work, any of that, they, and how the human body does a million things at once. Right. It all works through this thing called PFM. Have you heard of PFM? I know you're going to tell me. I, I will. PFM stands for pure friggin' magic. There we go. When you get right down <laughs> to it, that's what makes everything work. 
<laughs> and it's capital M magic. It's yeah. not a little hocus pocus magic. Yeah. But our minds think they know how everything goes. Yeah. And, you know, we label things and, and come up with explanations. But really, there's a whole world outside of words. There's a whole world outside of our beliefs. And part of spirituality is kind of putting that belief chattering mind on a shelf mm. on snooze for a while uh-huh. while you enter into the magic and miracle of reality in the cosmos. Yeah. And we can use our own physical bodies to experience those things. I mean, I think that, that the body has an incredible discernment ability, a discernment mm-hmm. for what's truth, what's not, what's... Now, I don't want to say what's real, what is possible and the receiving of or the activation of new parts of our own energy system allow us to that bigger picture, that bigger way of um, being able to connect. And 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 so well, let me just you, comment on that. Sure. You know, in, in the 90s, I wrote, uh, I edited a book where I interviewed a lot of spiritual teachers like, you know, Mother mm-hmm. Teresa, the Dalai Lama, etc., and I asked them, um, how, what, what do you think is the best way to connect with God? Mm-hmm. And people had answers like mantra meditation and nature and, and other things, <clears throat> psychedelics, other things. And now on my podcast, Awareness Explorers, I also ask people that question. Mm-hmm. And there's been a huge change in how people answer that question. Wow. In the last 25 years. How would you characterize that? Well, the, the one that stands out the most is that in 1993, when I asked 40 spiritual teachers how best to connect with God, not a single one mentioned the human body. Uh-huh. And now I would say that's the most common answer. Something wow. about, you know, uh, listening to your body or body scans or various mm-hmm. things. And I think that's a real um, evolution in our spiritual, our cultural, spiritual mm-hmm. ideas. Right, right. You know, the body's present. It does know a lot. You can listen to what it has to say. Mm-hmm. And by um, letting out some of the knots due to trauma and other things and tension, mm-hmm. you can enter into a peaceful, more aware experience of life. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it does take going beyond the trauma, going beyond the old patterns. I'll just put yeah. it that way. It may not be trauma, but it's it's whatever old patterns that we carry around with us. Yeah. So could we, when we're speaking about enlightenment, could we just as easily speak about the inner voice and connecting with presence, the presence within, rather than enlightenment and awakening? I mean, what do you think about all that? (laughs) Well, you know how the uh, Eskimos, they say they have 50 names for snow. Mm hmm. You know, uh, uh, or we have one name for love, but in other cultures, they have 10. You right. know? Mm-hmm. So since this culture, Western <laughs> culture, is not that focused on higher consciousness, they have like one name for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in reality, um, there's different types of enlightenment. There's different levels of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. I go into that a little bit in the Enlightenment Project book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I describe them. And none is necessarily better than another. They all have an element of peace in them. But some of them include powers, like the ability to hear guidance. And some of them are uh, are not that way. 
Some of them really work well in the world and others, you better only do it in a cave because it's going to make you uh, useless. Okay. So, um, but huh. I think the important thing is that uh, rather than define what it is, because it's really, you know, love is more than one thing. Loving pizza is different than loving your mate and loving right. your child. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to have more knowledge about what the whole spectrum is like and maybe what part of the spectrum you would like to explore. And is it, it, it sounds quite, what do I want to say, um, deliberate. There's a deliberateness in the way that you, I think, approach this. Well, it can be. Um, you know, our view of enlightenment is like, you know, it just happens to some people and there's not much you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I found that that really was not the case. Yes. That usually the people who are using some specific tool deliberately mm-hmm. uh, are the ones who have the most success. Now, there are the Eckhart Tolle's in the world who, you know, are sitting around depressed and then lightning hits them and they're enlightened. <laughs> uh, but they're they're the exception. There's only like, like three of those people on Earth. Earth. Uh, <laughs> by last whereas, count, by last yeah, count. <laughs> right, right. But whereas, there's spiritual awakenings. You know, we know that, you yeah. know, and you even speak about that in the book about, you know, mm-hmm. Kundalini awakening or it doesn't have to be related to Kundalini, but the experience of some kind of a, a quantum leap. Yeah. Um, I'm more comfortable calling it that. Um, when someone says really like, oh, it feels like I woke up. And that is something that is happening to a lot of people nowadays. And sometimes with the right method can happen in an hour. Yes. And that was a big surprise to the Uh people studying this. Uh They thought it it took 20 years of meditation. But every now and then there would be people where the right method and the right person hit. And Uh in an hour, their whole identity shifts like, I am this awareness. And they have more peace. And that's exciting. And and I I get to experience that a lot with people, people Mm -hmm. shifting very quickly and, and maintaining that. Or yeah. then teaching them how to maintain that because it is a it's not a static thing. Right. I, and that's part of the whole beauty of that. But why do you think that you're see, we're seeing that more, that kind of awakening, that kind of much more, a much more quicker um, coming to something opening? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, but um, I think two things might be responsible. One is that the methods for awakening keep getting better. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people are using methods that are 2000 years old, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like certain meditations or prayers, but nobody's using a computer that's even 30 years old. Right. Right. And the methods are getting better. My favorite methods were invented last year. You know, just like <laughs> my iPhone was invented last year, you know, the, okay. this model. So that's part of it. And I think also the world needs it, you know, like yeah. like there's some sense that in a time of emergency, more people need to wake up or we'll end this experiment. And that seems to be, I mean, I hear that from a number of people that the need is here, the, well, the, the you know, the age of Aquarius, um, you know, that, that, that this is a cyclical time where we're, we're both being, um, having things upearthed that are needing to be explored or needing to be looked at or needing to be cleared up uh, yeah. or cleared away. Mm-hmm. And, and that the, the assistance is more prevalent. 
Yeah, and the intention, you know, when people finally say, okay, I've done the material world thing, that got me so far, uh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, I have a, a, a magnet on my refrigerator, a quote from the Buddha, and he said, do not look for peace in the world, you will not find it there, peace mm-hmm. is within. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are realizing, you know, we're not going to make this world, you know, just the way we want. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be a crap show, you know, yeah. Yeah. To, to some extent. Um, but peace is within us. And if you have the intention, then, okay, I'm going to let go of uh, 10% of my pursuit of money and <laughs> making the world perfect. I'm going to put invest that in finding the lasting peace within myself. Once you get to that level, which is not that many people, mm-hmm. then, you know, you start to say, oh, what's out there? What's new that's really working for people? Yeah. And so you shift, you really shift your perspective and you shift your focus. Yeah. So you're not focusing on what's wrong. You're, you're highlighting, oh, what's working. Yeah. Especially within myself. And, mm-hmm. and even when, you know, global warming and terrorism, and all those things, you can still have peace in this moment mm-hmm. if you know how to find that. And most people have not spent a lot of time outside their dogma really saying, OK, I'm going to try this. Does that work for me? No, that didn't work. Okay, I'm going to try this. Does that work for me? You know, because I know of a hundred spiritual methods, mm-hmm. and almost all the people I know are using ones that science are showing are totally ineffective. Interesting. Okay, like the the least effective method uh-huh. found for leading to enlightenment, according to the people researching it, uh-huh. is hatha yoga. Oh. No, I have nothing against Hatha yoga. I do uh-huh. some yoga. It's just not an effective way to find enlightenment. But then, so I'd be curious to see what are they, how are they um, uh, looking at enlightenment? You know, what, what's their definition? How are they researching it? Do they yeah. have the control groups? And I just, because I just came from this weekend with friends and he's a research scientist. So, and that is what they're doing. They're putting people in brainwave machines or mm-hmm. taking all these uh, instruments or saying, Oh, now we know what the brain waves of enlightened people look like. Right, right. And if people do this method, 10% get that brain wave. Uh-huh. And if people do this method, no one has ever gotten that brain wave. <laughs> it may be a step on the, on your own journey, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting thing. So you have focused a lot on on methods, on techniques, on things that you say work and don't work. Can you Mm -hmm. speak to some of the things that you have seen and experienced as opening up more doors more easily? Yeah. um, And of course, on my uh, podcast, Awareness Explorers, I go more into depth. Mm -hmm. But let me give just two or three really quick ones. Um, One of them is I made a list of everybody in my life who I've ever loved or appreciated. Mm Mm-hmm which was about 50 people. Okay. You know, even if I old girlfriends, I may have had falling out one time. I loved them. Uh-huh. So I make that list and I spend a minute thinking about what I loved and appreciate about each one. Mm. And you do that for 50 people. You're like bathed in love for an mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. and that it builds a momentum. So after an hour, I feel like I'm just total love, you know, that's yes. a nice little yes. method. Yeah. Another method is, could I tune into that there's a world outside of words? 
Like mm. we're using words and we might describe what's out there as a tree, but it's not describing itself as a tree. Mm-hmm. Babies experience a world without words. It's very direct perception of reality. Yes. yes. And I'll say, let me just put the whole idea of labels and words on the shelf for one minute and experience the awe of wordlessness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. quiet. That's very direct. Yes, yes. Um, so there's a lot of really simple ones. Uh, one, um, a friend of mine uh, came back from India and he told me he got a magical mantra for helping him feel overwhelming gratitude. Okay. So I asked what the mantra was and he said, you got to get it from the guru right. directly. Of course. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll let people know what this mantra is. Okay. But first, there's a little story attached. So I go India. Have you been to India? I have not. It's a long way away. Yeah. And then, you know, I took a rickshaw for four hours in 100 degree heat. Mm. I finally talked to this guru. I say, I want to know this magical mantra for feeling gratitude in all moments. And he says in his Indian accent, "Ah, yes, my mantra is the most powerful mantra on earth. He leans in to whisper it to me. He says, whenever possible, repeat these words. The mantra I give you are the words, thank you. Well, I look at him like, you got to be joking. (laughs) I say, that's it? And he looks at me and he says, no, no, no. That's it is a mantra you have been using. That makes you feel like you never have enough. My mantra is thank you, not that's it. That's it will take you nowhere. Ah. So... I look at him and I go, well, thanks for nothing because I'm pissed off. Ooh. And he yeah, says, he's just taking the rickshaw on four hours for four hours. Yeah, right, right. So he says, oh, thanks for nothing is not the mantra. You must say it from your heart many times a day. So when you eat good food, say thank you. And when you see your child or a sunset or your pet, say thank you. And soon you'll be filled with gratitude, you know, and, <laughs> and I tried it and, you know, I'll do that. 10 times a day, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to speak to you over Zoom. This is amazing that we yes. are talking instantly from across the planet. Right, right. You know, little things of feeling my heart saying, thank you. Thank you for my hands. Thank you for this drink. Thank you for this book, whatever. Um, so I, I kind of focus on really simple methods mm-hmm. that seem to be very powerful in creating an altered or higher state of consciousness. Yeah. And the beauty of a keep of keeping it simple is that it doesn't engage our brilliant, well-educated, highly complex, overused mentality. Yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> I, in this culture. I, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so I, I think about that, about the thank you, even when, or especially when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. And you get to the, if you say thank you, there is implied in that, okay, there's something for me to learn or something for me to look at. The Okay, if the universe has my back, how in this moment? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it allows you to learn from your life rather than think that the universe is making a mistake. Right, right. And, and being a researcher in your own life, I, I would say... You have been an incredible inner researcher. Um, I, I don't know you well, obviously. I just met you. And that's something that really comes through is that your willingness to be that inner researcher. I, I, I write about that. I speak about that. But it's it's 
it's something that is hard to really um, live from. Yeah. Well, another story related to that is funny. I used to lead a group of um, uh, uh, like a spiritual movie group where I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I play for people movies that were profound. Okay. And, um, and then people would write about what they learned from it. Uh-huh. Well, um, one week I was going to show the movie Gandhi, but in the DVD sleeve was the movie Men in Black 2. <laughs> and I wasn't going to be there. So I gave it to a friend to show to these 30 yeah. people. Uh-huh. And because they were so used to getting the profound message from every movie when they saw Men in Black 2, which was a really bad movie. The Men in Black 1 and 3 were pretty good. But yeah. Men in Black 2 got <laughs> lambasted. <laughs> But they're so used to finding something wonderful and profound that when they wrote about, they said, oh, this movie blew my mind. It was fantastic. I learned so much, you know. So when you have the intention to learn from your life, no matter what, Mm -hmm. then you learn. But if your intention really is to show how other people are at fault or uh, the world's not fair, then that's what you get as well. Yeah. And it can even be turned against oneself to say, the way in which I'm not enough, the way in which I'm not okay. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's sad when when the whole wisdom of the universe and all the love of the universe is in a convenient location, mm-hmm. namely inside yourself. Exactly. It's We were set up so beautifully. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, it's the last place we look, of course. Exactly. But this is the blueprint and this is what needs to, um, this is what we need to learn how to operate, mm-hmm. this new operating system. Yeah. This and one is, of, uh, part of my mission is to get um, the best methods out there. You know, I don't think people should really charge money necessarily for, you know, expensive retreats or things like that. So um, I tried to put all my, the greatest hits in the Enlightenment Project book. Mm-hmm. But even if people don't want to buy that, uh, I put my five favorite quick ways to awaken to inner peace on my website and uh-huh. people can get that for free. Great. And, how, um, where, what is your website? So that, that was going to be my next question is how can people connect with you? <laughs> well, it's the enlightenment project.net. Okay. And they get a free ebook, a free audio meditation and the first chapter of the book for free. If they put in their email address. Great. Okay. That that's an easy way to start to move forward in a new way, perhaps. Yeah. And find what works for you. Find what works for you. That could be your, your big message. <laughs> my tagline. <laughs> your tagline. Actually, is my it? tagline in, uh, on the podcast is keep exploring. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Wait, but this is a perfect, you know, that that's a great intro to find what works for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any other Hmm, I'm sure you could have hundreds, but is there a story you would like to share as a way of of closing for yeah. the audience? One comes to mind as you ask that. Um, many years ago, I was in India again, uh, and I was uh, meeting up with a, or went to the ashram of a guru named Punjaji, mm-hmm. uh, a famous guy. And when I got there, he immediately pointed to me and told me to sit in front of him, you know, like right next mm-hmm. to him. Right. And he gets up to me close and he says, who are you? 
And um, I didn't know the protocol there. So I said, I'm Jonathan Robinson from the United States. <laughs> and he just started laughing hysterically. He thought that was the funniest thing. And then I thought, well, that was a wrong answer. Uh, but he said, no, who are you really? Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm a spiritual seeker. And he kind of shook his head no. Right. And then I said, I'm an author. And he shook his head no. And I said, I'm a man. He shook his head no. And we did this for about three minutes. Yeah, I ran out of roles finally. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I looked in his eyes and, you know, we talked about being in that wordless state mm -hmm. where it was just him and me. And there was like light beams coming out of his eyes. Mm -hmm. And I just surrendered to that experience. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, um, I was overwhelmed with like a wave of love and peace that was really more than I'd ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. And my body reacted by just sobbing. So I'm like sobbing in his lap and he taps me on the on the head and he says, this love and this peace you're feeling now, that's who you really are. Mm -hmm. And your job in life is to get back to that place. Period. I, I think that's all our jobs yes. is yeah. get back there. You know, we might think we're an accountant or a lawyer, but really we all are spiritual seekers hungering for our true nature. Mm. And when we tap into that, then we can bring our gifts back into the world in a way that really serves. Yeah. Yeah. Then we can bring our back, our gifts back into the world in a way that truly serves. And I would want to add that piece really to it's not just about finding the love within. It's not mm -hmm. just about finding the peace within. It is about how we express the essence and the energy of who we are in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you, Jonathan Robinson. You are certainly persistent. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. And I'll agree with that part. <laughs> and I appreciate that about you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, we all have different gifts. And, you know, every, if everybody really allows her gift out fully, I think the world is going to work a lot better. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that we don't have to think about being in service. We just have to express who we are and that it will be our active service. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. thank so you thank you for uh, doing your gifts. So I get a chance to talk to you and I hope um, some of your listeners, you know, if something I said was useful, they, they research more. I, I hope so too. Cause that is what it's about. That's what we, that's why I do this mm -hmm. is so that people can get exposed to different ways of seeing things and thinking about things mm -hmm. and then take that into their lives. Yeah. 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 And to our listeners, thank you for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because that helps other people to access the wisdom that is here and to transform the world. And for more about deepening your connection with your inner guidance, take the Quantum Connection Style Quiz now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or 
at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.